0: This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, yesterday I did a funeral for the wife of Dr. Terry Dillon. Terry has been a pediatric Cardiologist at Miami Valley Hospital downtown for years. And the daughter, one of the daughters, told this story, and I want to share it with you. It's so powerful. They were telling how their mother cared about people she didn't even know. And both girls were in the car when their mother drove down by Children's Hospital in Dayton. And there was a woman at a bus stop with a little baby. It was cold, maybe a day like today. And Terry's wife, Jenny, just turned the car around and went back, picked up the woman and her baby, said, what do you need? She said, well, I'm, I was going to a drugstore. I just took my baby to Children's and I need to get some prescriptions filled. And Jenny took her to a pharmacy. Jenny then took her to a grocery store, bought groceries for her, took her to her home, make sure she got settled. And the girl said, that's just what my mother did. That was the kind of thing she did. And I shared this at the service, and maybe a word for somebody, that love is not premeditated. Love is spontaneous. You see, it just came from within her, her spirit, to do that act of kindness and act of mercy. What do you do spontaneously? A lot of people get mad spontaneously. A lot of people let people have it spontaneously. But very few people love spontaneously. But love is not premeditated. Oswald Chambers says it's spontaneous. It comes from the nature of God that's in you through Christ, through the Holy Spirit. Well, I never thought I would use as a sermon illustration an illustration that comes from a professional dancer, but I am today. Her name was Martha Graham, for 70 years, was a professional ballet dancer. She taught it for 70 years and was a dancer. She was the first dancer, as I understand it, to perform at the White House she died in her 90s, in the 90s, 1990s, I think at 96, and lived quite a life. But I want to tell you something about her story that opens up the passage of Scripture we study in James today, believe it or not. Here's what she said. It takes about 10 years to make a mature dancer. It takes 10 years to make a mature dancer. The training is twofold. There is a study and practice of the craft in order to strengthen the muscular structure of the body. The body is shaped, disciplined, honored, and in time, trusted. The movement becomes clean, precise, eloquent, truthful. Movement never lies. That's an interesting phrase to me. Movement never lies. Now, we notice it in the way people are mobile. Bad hip, bad knee bad leg, whatever the case may be. Movement never lies. It's a barometer of telling the state of the soul's weather to all who can read it. I want to talk about what she said when she said it takes 10 years to become a mature dancer. How long does it take to become a mature Christian? Well, I'm not going to specify a month or year, but I am going to tell you this. I honestly believe that one of the things that it takes to become a mature Christian, believer in Christ, is understanding the passage we study today from the book of James. We just started this new series. I love to tell this story about James because it's a a great true story. Bible scholars believe that there are five possible men named James who wrote the book of James. One of them, of course, is the half-brother of Jesus, and that's the one that I kind of lean toward, who wrote the book of James. There was a young man in the church we served in Dallas. He was four or five years old. His name was James Nicholson IV. I've never seen a kid do this. He was so mature or precocious, whatever the word is, he would go up to an adult and look him in the eye or her eye, And say, My name is James Nicholson the Fourth. And always be specific to tell you he was the Fourth. And his mother told me that she overheard a conversation with him and one of his friends in the backyard one day they were playing. And he said, Why do you always tell people you're James Nicholson the Fourth? He said, I'll tell you why. Four or five years old, I'm James Nicholson the Fourth. My dad is James Nicholson III. My granddad was James Nicholson II. And my great-granddad was James, the brother of Jesus. And that's exactly what he said. (laughs) Some of you will get it later. It's obviously a a slow reaction to my jokes, as always. He said, my my great-granddad was James, the brother of Jesus. And they said they had no idea where he got that. He just came up with that on his own. But it's James that we read today. We're in the first chapter where we were last week. The second message begins at verse 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. I'll add to that, blessed is the woman who perseveres under trial. Because when he or she has stood the test, They will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Now, here's the passage, I think, to become a mature Christian, you need to get right here. When tempted, verse 13, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. I want to reread verse 14 and 15. Each one is tempted when, by his or her own evil desire, they're dragged away and enticed seduced is another word for it, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. I want you today to go home with a word association that a lot of people don't make, and it's this, sin equals death. Sin is no small thing in your life or in mine. I hear people, well, this is a little sin. Well, two years ago, Randy, I committed a, a little sin or a minor sin, and sin is never described that way in Scripture. The ultimate result or end of sin is death, and that is something that most people, including Christians, don't understand that the, you take sin to its logical conclusion or extreme, and it's death. Well, let's look at verse 12 that may not fit the rest of it, but it does. Blessed is the man or woman who perseveres under trial. Blessed is the man or woman who perseveres under trial. Because when he stood the test, he will receive the crown that God has promised to those who love him. Perseverance has to do with standing up under something, and there's tremendous pressure in your life in 2020 to go with the flow. Do you understand what I mean? People just say, just be like everybody else. Just go along, just rotten up like everybody else. Just be like everybody else. And you undergo pressure in the culture. And maybe even with some of your family and some of your friends, to just go along to get along. Just go along in order to get along. And a man or woman who perseveres under that is a man or woman that God is impressed with because he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. The reason I read that verse is because of that phrase. God doesn't promise the crown of life to those who walk the straight and narrow and who keep all the rules, they love Him. So much of your life flows out of your love for God and your love for people, and most people don't get that. Everything flows out of your love for the Lord and your love for people. Everything in your marriage flows out of your love for God and your love for people. Everything in your family flows out of love. If It doesn't flow out of rule keeping. It doesn't flow out of strategy. It doesn't flow out of a rule book. It flows out of your love for the Lord. Tell me the one you love and what you love, and I'll tell you the one you follow. We always follow the one that we love. We follow the one that we love. And now the key passage, what we talk about is verse 13. When I'm tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Why is that important? I've actually had people tell me to my face, God tempted me with that situation. God tempted me with that woman. God tempted me with that man. God tempted me with that money. God tempted me with that seduction. And God makes it plain in the book of James God is not into temptation, He's into testing. he's not into temptation he doesn't tempt anyone with evil the reason you and i need to know that because that's a very important place to come to in your life that god is not responsible for the evil that happens in your life or my life do people blame god for stuff like that all the time you know people that do and maybe it's happened in your life or my life God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he tempt anyone. Well, where does temptation come from? Verse 14. Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. It starts with our inclination, our desire, and we we're, we're dragged away and enticed. You know, I talk about the the five works of Satan. Just, I'm going to, I'm going to give you it to you today. You may want to write this down. There are five things that I think Satan does in your life and everything that you can point to that Satan does will fall under one of these headings. Not because I'm so brilliant. I just can't come up with anything more. and I really mean that. Physically, Satan seeks to kill. Write that down. Physically, Satan seeks to kill. Intellectually, he seeks to deceive. Did you know the Bible says he's not only the murderer from the beginning, he's the father of all lies. Physically, Satan seeks to kill. Write that down. Physically, Satan seeks to kill. Intellectually, he seeks to deceive. Did you know the Bible says he's not only the murderer from the beginning, he's the father of all lies. Morally, he seeks to seduce. He's the seducer with a capital S. Emotionally, he seeks to destroy. Satan wants to destroy people emotionally. I'm convinced of that. Let me say that again. Satan wants to destroy people emotionally. How does he do it? Through families through all the stuff that goes on in families. And spiritually, he seeks to defeat. He wants to defeat people so they give up and say, what's the use? And we have not been defeated. Christ defeated Satan on the cross. The defeat happened to him. And so we have victory through what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Five works of Satan to keep in mind. Then verse 15, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Gives birth to death. I want to share a story with you by a man by the name of Robbins Milbank from L.A. He said, I really believe it's easy to build God in your own image and really hard to rebuild him. When you crumble, I was born to see and experience the love of God. I saw God in my father, whose kindness and wisdom led me through a thousand anguishes of youth. I saw him in my wife, especially in her. I told my father about her when I was nine years old. We're going to get married, Dad. He smiled. Son, I'm glad you feel like telling me. I hope you'll always want to tell me things like this. Isn't that interesting? He's nine years old. He tells his dad, I'm going to marry this girl, which he ended up doing. He said, I'm glad you're willing to tell me things like that. They both died, first my father, then my wife. Why do I still arrange my desk and work in neat piles? Why do I straighten a piece of furniture? Why do I arrive at appointments a minute early? Why do I lie down to go to sleep to get up or get up in the morning? Have you ever wandered through an empty house looking for a purpose? You do a lot of things automatically. And he talks about the influence of a dad and a wife on his Christianity. Who's influenced your life? Take that a step further. Who are the people that you are influencing with your Christianity? Who's being influenced in a positive way because of your life? Or who's not? He said that. I believe there's nothing passive in yielding my will to God's. It keeps me busy using the brain he gave me to study fields that need plowing, using the heart he gave me to remember the fields belong to his people, and using the faith he gave me to pass up satisfaction for doing something I want to do anyway. He said, what did you read that story with in conjunction to these verses? Simply this. Dealing with sin is all about yielding your life to God's will. Here's the secret. You will yield your life to something or someone. We all do. Everybody yields his or her life to someone or to something. Decide, I'm going to yield my life to Christ. I'm going to yield my life to His power and His influence in my life. And you know what? He will do it. Occasionally, over the years, I have received letters from people in prisons who have heard our radio program, and it's always touching to hear from somebody that's been in a prison at, you know, Warren County or Lancaster, Ohio, other prisons, Lima Correctional Institute, and I've received letters from people. I've received letters from Marysville, which is a women's prison. This is not a letter from a prisoner there that I've received, but I think this woman from Marysville address is from the prison. Listen, I'm going to close with her story. I believe I trusted man before I trusted God. That's an interesting statement. I believe I sought man's knowledge before the one without sin. Jesus, his knowledge. Man gave me a world of sickness and corruption, filled with promiscuity and tolerance, murder and ill will, pride and selfishness, unfairness and anger. God gives me a world for for hope, for the future, full of strength and power to battle the keeper of the darkness. This is one of the most beautiful paragraphs I've ever read in my life, written by this woman from Marysville. Again, I'm assuming I think she's a prisoner at the Reformatory at Marysville. Listen to this powerful statement. I believe in the power of a simple act. When I kneel before the King of Kings, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, the Deliverer, the Savior, the Almighty, the Holy of Holies, Jehovah, Emmanuel, the Redeemer, The morning star, the lamb of God, the king of ages, the creator of the universe, the light of the world, the son of God, the word of God. There is power in my simple act. Wow. What a statement. And that's what you and I do in order to deal with sin. We're not appealing to Dr. Phil. We're not appealing to a counselor. We're not appealing to an aunt or uncle who gave us good advice. We're appealing to the son of the living God, the creator of the universe, the redeemer of all mankind to help us. And so when I say that Martha Graham said it takes 10 years to become a mature dancer, it's not a matter of years. It's a matter of yielding When it what it takes to become a Christian. Would you listen to that again? It's not a matter of years. It's a matter of yielding your life, your personality, everything that makes you you, yielding your life to him. And he works in our life. When someone is tempted, no one can say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he attempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire, has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death, gives birth to death. What does this message say to you today? My guess is it speaks to everybody, but in a different way. For some of you, you have sensed temptation in your life, come and go, and and through prayer, you've been able to deal with it through reading the Word of God. But others, you see your life as a repetition of failure. One failure follows another, and that happens in people's lives. God wants you to yield. It's not a matter of years to become a professional dancer or years to become a professional Christian. It's about yielding your life to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. His name is Jesus. Let's pray together. you've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries Incorporated.